Hey, what's going on, guys? On this episode of Drugs and Stuff, Dave and I are going to tackle your listener questions as we always do. If you guys want to take part in the next episode, then comment below. We will tackle your questions then. Plus, comments, likes, all that stuff, it helps to boost us up in the algorithm. So thank you guys for helping to support the show that way. We recorded this episode right before I left for England. And guys, I have to tell you, it was such a cool experience. I got to meet a bunch of listeners. I'm sure I'm going to talk about it through the next week, but uh, we're going to get back on track with our normal programming now. By the way, shout out to Richard Foster of Strong Sports Nutrition for having invited me out and shout out to FedEx for having made it happen. On this episode, we talk about a safer approach to contest prep cycling, handling PEDs in a transitionary period like going from an off-season to a maintenance phase, prolactin from nandrolone phenylpropanate. Somebody asked us about stacking Anavar with Anadrol. How common is it to get heartburn from Trent? Spoiler alert, it's really common. Why does T3 make you look flat? What happens if your intramuscular injection is too shallow? Plus, a little bit more. Guys, if you're new here, let me encourage you to hit the subscribe button and hit the bell. Uh, we have several different bodybuilding podcasts that come out each week featuring IFB pros, coaches, and educators in our industry that are all here to help you do better at this sport that we love and stay safe in the process. All right, guys, let's get to the program. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Drugs and Stuff with David Stanley, excuse me, David Stanley Crossland. I'm Scott McNally. All of our programming is brought to you by truenutrition.com. You could use our code THINK for some additional savings. We are also brought to you by Eval. Get your labs done by Dave if you're in the UK. Say bollocks to the NHS, uh, evalbloodanalysis.com. And of course, we're brought to you by supplementsource.ca for you Canadians out there. Get good blowout deals on uh, high quality supplements. David, we're going to do a really quick little, you know, we're going to do a mini episode today because we are, we don't have time. I'm packing to go, but this will probably come out after I'm already gone. I just wanted to make sure we had something available for the Monday drop of drugs and stuff. What's up? Not much. Sky? I'm still wearing my, uh, my, my, my vacation shirt. Let's not, let's not talk about that, please. It's disturbing. You love it. I was going to try to find a 4X for you. Actually, I couldn't find any shirts for you. I was looking around. Like, we went to Walmart. I was going to try to find you, like, a good 4th of July American shirt. They ended at 3X. So, there's no that's, luck. I can't believe Walmart only went up to 3X. I know. That's, I mean, either. <laughs> but I mean, even even Asda over here, which is owned by Walmart, goes up to 4X. Well, that's because they know you live in the area, Dave. They need to keep you supplied. I don't shop at Asda. Well, whatever. All right. Anyway, guys, we've got a bunch of questions. Um, in fact, I should probably maybe pull my questions up if we're actually going to answer some questions. Um, I think this will come out after the uh, Fit Expo. Uh, man, I, so I have never even been to England yet, but I'll just like, I'll play along. Be like, dude, uh, Liverpool was so amazing. It was awesome. And I love hanging out with you, Dave. You're my best friend ever. It was such a great trip. You do realize that actually the meeting of us at Liverpool could be the end of the podcast. What do you mean? Well, you could come away from that going, fuck, that guy's a prick. I don't want anything to ever do with him again. I already knew you were, though. So we're we're all right. You know, we're good. We're good. And, and so, okay. Yeah. We had, uh, we had a bunch of questions. Uh, and I had one in particular. What was that question that I had sent to you, Dave? I got to see if I can. You sent me three. Up. How do I know which one you're on about? I told you there was one that we were going to use. 
as our main topic. I got it right here. So the question was, he says, guys, I need some help. This winter, I will be bulking hard with the aim to gain huge amounts of weight. Only thing is, I can't run tests above 300 milligrams per week without getting gynocides. I don't want to be running an AI for 12 to 16 weeks as estrogen is needed to gain size and AIs aren't good for your health. Would you recommend doing 200 tests and adding another compound on top? If so, what's good for bulking with minimal estrogen side effects? It's estrogen, you fucking plum. But he has an O in it. Yeah, because that's how it's spelled medically. Estrogen. Estrogen. Look, just it's just because over in America everything has to be spelled really simply because your fuckers can't spell. So you spell everything how it sounds. Where actually there are certain words that have different spellings but the same pronunciations. Mm, that it hurts my head. I think he think it so was does a that mistake. I think that was a mistake, Dave. Right. Uh, okay. Uh, I, I do have some thoughts on this, but I want to hear what you have to say here. I find it a little ironic, and I, and I don't want to sound dismissive in a way, but you're concerned about the side effects from an AI, but you're taking anabolics. Um, the thing is, if you take any compound that's non-aromatizing, it's going to be a DHT. If it's a DHT, it's anti-estrogenic. If it's anti-estrogenic, it's going to do just the same impacts that an AIR on stuff like HDL and estrogen levels anyway. So it's a bit of a counterproductive argument. And not all AIs are equal. So something like aromacin, still a decent AI much gentler on the system, doesn't impact HDL in the same way as ADEX does. Obviously, letrozole shouldn't even be in the conversation. Um, if you're going to run tests at 300, you could potentially run tests higher and run something like Mastron or Primo alongside it. Not the greatest bulking agents, but they're okay. But you're going to have the same impact as an AI there's going to be no difference. They're still going to bind with aromatase. They're still going to lower estrogen. So you're still going to have the ne potential negatives from that, which is the lowering of, of positive cholesterol mainly. Um, so I don't see the AI argument as particularly a strong one from a point of view of health. It's more a case of just managing estrogen correctly. But wise, you're not going to be testing Decker. You really are. Yeah, Decca does aromatize to some degree, so you probably will need some estrogen management. If you are dead set on not running an AI, then I'd go test Decamast. But I don't see much in the way of a, of a health benefit from running Masteron over running something like, say, aromacin. Yeah. You know, I understand what his situation is, and I, I think that there are a lot of people who feel the way he does now where people are starting to become more health conscious, especially with we've had so many deaths in the past few years in bodybuilding. And I think a lot of those things, you know, they maybe it, we, we can't really say, you know, what the causes were. I know a lot of us want to just link immediately like, oh, it was steroids. And, you know, in some cases it might have been. But I think there's a lot of factors to all of that. But nonetheless, I think it has um, really gotten people to think more about health. I think that, uh, you know, 10, 15 years ago, 10 years ago, I remember um, 
Boston Lloyd came on the scene and he was talking about like every shot you did had to be three cc's and he was doing you know several gram cycles and a lot of people i think started shifting and thinking like yeah i can do more gear and they felt like it wasn't going to be a problem and i think that we are to an extent starting to see what those high cycle doses had had caused as far as health concerns go and i think right now people are swinging back to being trying to be more health conscious with that which i think is great but what we have to remember is is that you know, bodybuilding in itself, getting huge, trying to get huge. It's not going to be something that you're going to, okay, we've got, we've got health and we've got performance and they're two different things. We can try our best to grow as much muscle as possible while thinking about health, but it's going to nonetheless be a compromise taking, you're talking about, I'm taking 300 milligrams of test and I want to be able, you know, I want to be able to load up on anabolics to grow, but I'm so focused on not letting the estrogen get out of control. What about all the anabolics you're using? You know, what is that doing to your health compared to, you know, taking a little bit of an, of an AI? I know that estrogen has gotten or anti-estrogens have gotten this really bad, reputation in the last year or two, especially by the TRT people. But what we're talking about is we're talking about bodybuilding. We're not talking about TRT here. We're talking about pushing our testosterone way up into super physiological levels. And with that, if you're going to do that, you're also going to potentially get super physiological levels of estrogen. So you're going to have to control that one way or another, or the compromise is to not not push the doses as high and accept that maybe you're not going to get as big either. You know, you could do a lot with a little, but you're not going to be able to do, you're not going to be able to do as much with 300 milligrams as you say could with 750 milligrams. It's just for most people, that's, that's just not going to happen. I'd say, try, you know, do your best, try to get as much as you can out of as little as possible. But if you find that you need to push the doses higher to gain an incredible amount of muscle, I mean, it's just what it is, you know, but then you have to think of, well, what, how can I manage this? You know? And I think that duration is a factor too. making sure that your lab work is good, but you know, controlling estrogen is just one little piece of this puzzle. And just because you keep your estrogen under control, doesn't mean that you can now run the androgens through the roof. You know what I mean, Dave? Yeah. I mean, I just, I, I find it a little bit of an oxymoron. I'm concerned about health, but I'm going to run steroids, but I don't want to run an AI. It, it, it's like saying, you know, I, oh, I won't drink uh, sugary Coke because I'm concerned about its health impacts, but I go out on a weekend and do three gram of Coke. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, of, yeah. yeah, but it, it is, our industry is terrible for fixating on, small elements and blowing them out of proportion and being obsessed with that. We've had it with Novadex, you know, Lorraine IGF-1 and all that bollocks. We've had, and I use that example a lot because it is a really good example of people fixating over a negative of a compound to the point that the lack of use of that compound actually became detrimental to people. Um, so it's, it's about balance. It really is. And if you need a little bit of AI, you run a little bit of AI. You can try and box smart with your cycles, but running higher DHTs so you don't need an AI is not necessarily healthier than not running a, a sensible AI. It's it's a complete package you've got to look at. Uh, and, you know, that comes with a more rounded understanding. But ultimately, you know, if you're going to use anabolics, there's going to be health risks at whatever level. Um, and, I mean, there's even argument over 
legit TRT doses, as in doses that keep you in normal range, that long-term there can be some negative health impacts from that. So it, it's it's not a safe pursuit, uh, yeah. but you can manage risk and you can minimize risk with a sensible approach, but don't get fixated on just one element that actually would possibly push you in another direction where you're actually going to create more risk by avoiding that one element. Yeah. And as I mentioned oh, to you, Dave... Oh, go ahead. Go on. No, I was just going to say... Yeah, go ahead. All these drugs have risks. None of them are safe. None of them are risk-free. The more you understand how they operate and work, the more balanced and sensible your approach can be around these drugs. Yeah, I think that's a very fair statement. And what I was going to add is another factor is going to be duration. So if Mm -hmm. you're going to run an anti-estrogen for, say, 12 weeks, and that's all you do for, say, the next six months, you know, half of it, you've run this 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 anti-estrogen and you're not smashing estrogen into the floor. You're using it at a minimal dose, like, say, aromacin. Um, the, the likelihood of having issues from that is going to be a lot lower than if you did that for, say, the whole year. And the problem is, is that yeah. if, if we don't learn how to train and use the nutrition that will allow us to support and maintain and continue growing even off cycle, then we're going to be dependent on those doses. And if you're dependent on high doses, that's where the health issues are going to happen. The health issues aren't going to happen when you run one cycle for 10 weeks at 750 tests, for instance, or, you know, whatever. Uh, The health issues are going to be when now you come off that cycle, you start to lose size. And so you go back on sooner and now you're taking more. Those that's where you start getting the health issues. It's not off the one cycle. It's going to be off of the cumulative effect of having to depend on those drugs to build and maintain. So training, focus on that. That's a, that's one of the reasons we talk a lot about training on the network overall. We focus a lot of, on drugs on this podcast, obviously drugs and stuff. But training is a huge facet of this. If you can learn how to train to grow, that's the driver. You know, the driver is the trigger and that happens in the gym. And then the food feeds that, you know, the drugs just help to make those things work better, but you can still do it without having to have that high dose in year round. And that's, that's where we start to look at, you know, the, the safety side of things is being able to take time off and still be able to build. Yeah. I mean, very few people do one cycle yeah. and there's lots of reasons behind that. But the, the, the bottom line is, if this shit is done correctly, it works. And it's difficult to walk away from that. It's difficult to walk away from something that gives you what would be three years' progress as, you, as a natural. Um, you know, and, and as a result of that, very rarely do people do one cycle and then never go back on. Um, so, you know, if you're going to be repetitive use, you've got to build in for the long term. But you've got you've to learn... The compounds, you you really need to educate yourself around the compounds and what they do, and not just the positives, but the negatives. But again, not just the negatives, also the positives. You know, there's there's two sides to all these things. These drugs have effects, uh, and some are desired and some are not so desired, and, and you need to learn both aspects so you can ba- make a balanced choice about what works for you. Yeah. The only way you're going to do that is also by keeping an eye on your actual health, by measuring your health markers. And that's not just bloods. That's stuff like blood pressure and things like that as well. You know, HbA1c um, levels and uh, blood pressure, heart scans, um, echoes. Those I wouldn't be too concerned about those in the early stages, but definitely if you're going to be a long-term user or you're going to be a high user, it's definitely an area you need to look at. 
All right, we'll move on from here. I actually, I, we're going to segue into our next question, which is once again, looking at health while on cycle. Um, he asks uh, your opinion on a safer pre-contest stack for a master's over 60 competitor, uh, visual scan, good blood, uh, good apart from ALS, uh, marginally elevated, 220 grams protein per day. So he's going to compete over 60, and he's looking for what would a safer cycle be for that? Well, the, the simple aspect is lower and avoid things like trend, DHB, and ment because they're very strong compounds, and as a result, they're very harsh from a health point of view. Um. Uh, what you need cycle-wise depends on your experience, your previous levels of usage, your level of development, and what you're trying to achieve. So, you know, there's, it's, it's pointless discussing doses because they're all very individually relevant. Um, you know, a, a master at 220 pound is going to need a different cycle to a master at 270 pound. Maybe, you know. Uh, depends on his experience. Well, what if the, what if yeah. the guy who, at, at 220... Um, hasn't run much gear at all, you know? What if he's natural and he's run, like, yeah, I ran a bulk cycle back in 2011, you know? Like, well, he, could, my, he could probably my, get away with next to nothing, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's all relevant to experience and, and individuality. So from a point of view of, of dosing, it, it's, it's difficult to say. But from a point of view of compounds, stay away from the stupid shit, which is, that's quite obvious, you know, stay away from trends, stay away from men, stay away from DHB, because these are all very harsh drugs. They're very strong drugs. They're very powerful drugs. They elicit great responses, but they're also very taxing drugs. Yeah. You know, um, you don't need to be a genius in that sense. Um, comp prep, if you've got the size and you're not looking to try and do a bit of recomp going into comp prep, then what's wrong with testing mass? What's wrong with testing primo? They're, they're perfectly viable compounds for a comp prep. I'd go with that for sure. And you don't need a ton either to maintain no. muscle, you know, especially if you're a guy, you know, if you took a guy, let's say that he is natural. Okay. Or even let's say he's on TRT and he's running 125 milligrams of test per week. If that guy were to go on 300 milligrams of test, you're more than doubling his test level and you are, or his test dose and you're, uh, you know, maybe you throw in 300 milligrams of mast. Like that would be a killer cycle for a guy that doesn't normally run a bunch of stuff. You know, I, I, I think you could do just fine with that. The other thing is, as a senior, you would expect that the muscle mass that they have is, is very well established and very mature. Yeah. Granted, it's difficult to get bigger as a senior because you are fighting against so many issues in regards to the, you just your body naturally down regulating due to age but maintenance shouldn't be too much of an issue as long as you're not working around injury problems which is very common in the older guys that that is usually a big stumbling block is hmm. they've got this injury or that injury which prevents them from training correctly on this exercise or that movement and therefore that body part suffers for it so generally that's probably the biggest issue of featured seniors is the ability to still train intensely yeah. if that's achievable then you you need very little, you know, you won't need a lot. And older guys tend to get more side effects. So it, you know, he maybe if, if he could develop more likely to have say something like a BPH issue with DHT compounds. So he'd want to know that going in and it's something he would want to pay attention to. So maybe everything we're saying, like, you know, maybe a Primo or Masteron 
might not be great for him if he has BPH. You know, something like that could be an issue. No, DHTs don't tend to have too much of a negative impact on the prostate. Uh, no, it's more it's more test. Okay, so, yeah, that uh, will for sure a, too. A synthetic DHT. The best way I can describe it is actually something Al Broderick described it, which works really well. If you imagine a steroid is a multi-pronged plug, or a DHT is a multi-pronged plug. Okay. Natural DHT may have 11 prongs. One of those prongs is the one that activates growth in, in tissue like DHT, sebaceous glands, that sort of stuff, you know, like in, in prostate. Synthetic DHT, that particular prong is cut short. Oh, Okay. So it's not as impacting. So you don't get the same sebaceous gland kickoff like you would with normal DHT. That's why you don't get hair loss based hmm. on DHTs. So so it, it's though it's still this multiple prong, a couple of the prongs are short and so it's less impacting. DHTs are the last of the steroid development and they are the more sophisticated one, particularly Primo. Primo is an incredibly sophisticated drug. Yeah, and I guess it probably depends um, on the drugs because I feel like Winstrel you do get more hair loss from. Yeah, the, the the earlier ones are a little bit less refined and the later ones, so like Primo being the prime example, are, are much more refined in how they impact. But I guess my point too was just that as an older person, I think the older we get, the more likely we are to deal with sides. So Yeah, you know. so pro- prostate health is definitely more of a concern in older person. So is kidney. So kidney health will deteriorate with age. Hematocrit so that's def- Yep, so that's definitely a, a bigger bigger concern with an older older user is kidney function you've got less ceiling, you've got less to play with. You need to be much more careful on those those factions, definitely. All right. Let's see if we can get through a few more here. Um we got a training question. Well, don't forget, oh, no, it's not don't forget Kyle. Don't forget Kyle. Okay. We'll get to Kyle uh, after this one then. Um, no, it's not training. It's uh, still drug-related. How does Dave periodize the transition from cutting to maintenance slash gaining phase? Uh, talking drugs here, but feel free to talk about training and nutrition as well. Intensity, frequency, and calories. Well, I don't use drugs in a transition. So if someone's coming from a comp, i.e. a comp prep, then I would initially start with a natural reverse diet rebound. <clears throat> and I wouldn't even consider drugs until one, health markers are recovered from the cut, uh, and, and two, they start to stall out. And if their training's to any degree on point, you should get a good six to eight weeks at least of natural recomp post diet, I would say. Hmm. Rich says, bloody hell. I can uh, I can make out Dave's face for the first time. He actually can see, we can see what you look like today. And yes, Andrew Nolan. Andrew Nolan, yes, I will be wearing this shirt. Oh, that was the wrong comment. But he did ask if that shirt will be. It was Ian. He asked if this shirt will be coming to Liverpool. All right. Where was Kyle's question? Here it is. Would you expect a prolactin increase from 25 milligrams of NPP a day? That's 175 milligrams a week using this one on top of 100 milli- 180 milligrams of test E. Thanks, fellas. There's potential. Uh, prolactin will elevate because of estrogen fluctuation. So an estrogen high, then an estrogen drop. It will elevate just because of estrogen elevation full stop and obviously it elevates with androlone use. Um, so there's potential. I wouldn't expect it to be particularly massive, but there is potential there. The The difference is that uh, prolactin elevation from estrogen or estrogen fluctuation 
is nowhere near as impacting as prolactin elevation from nandrolone. Even though the numbers might be the same, the actual impact on you is different. Hmm. Hmm. And that's because of the nandrolone interaction in the background with dopamine and such like, where that's where the, the difference is. Dave, you're on fire today. Am I? Yeah, uh, you're on fire. Super important question. Matt Blevins says, where's the cabbage? The cabbage is packing his bags for Fitex. Mm, that makes sense. That makes sense. I've told him he has to be ready, and if he's not ready, he's not going. So he's run off in the sulk, and he's packing his bags for Fitex. <laughs> he's sulking right now, huh? He's uh, not happy because he's got bollocks, yeah. All right. Uh, stacking Anavar and Anadrol. I'd like to put on some lean mass on my next cycle. I'm thinking of 600 test E, 25 milligrams of Anadrol, 25 milligrams of Anavar in the middle, and three to 400 milligrams of mast E at the end. He is 36. He's six foot two, 185 pounds, extremely lean. So is that 600 tests throughout? I think so. So we're talking of, we're going to need some estrogen management in the first part. Okay. You, you're not going to get away with 600 tests without elevated estrogen. I'm not saying that you'll suffer particularly size from elevated estrogen, but you're, you're, that's down to you as an individual, but you are going to have high estrogen of 600 mega test. Um, I'm not a massive fan of running the orals midway, but yeah, I suppose it's definitely better than running them first part. I, I don't see an issue with oxy and anadrol in that dosing. Yeah, in the dosing. 25. I don't see an issue there. Um, I'm not quite sure what the aim of the goal is. If you are naturally very lean, which from what you're saying you are, I would be more tempted to go with the heavy all-out bulking compounds because you can probably tolerate them much better from a point of view of condition-wise. So I wouldn't see the point in throwing the mast in at the end, but I do I do like to approach a cycle with a, a pyramid effect of overall dose. Hmm. Um, but no, it's, it's hard to say there's anything particularly wrong with the cycle. He, he needs some estrogen management from day one, um, but obviously he's going to have to then adjust that estrogen management when he adds in the mast, otherwise the estrogen is going to be too low. Yeah. I wouldn't look to go bulk to cut in the same cycle because you're just going to sacrifice muscle mass because you're not going to maintain it because it's not been established for long enough. So it's either a bulk or it's a cut. It's not both. Um, the oral, from a point of view of dose, I don't have an issue with. I don't have an issue with anavar and oxy put together. I just I don't see the logic in the cycle you're either bulking or you're not. And if you're naturally lean, I would be tempted to, to be quite old school and, you know, test D-ball, Decker sort of thing. Uh, because if you're lean anyway, you're going to struggle to put the weight on and those old compounds are going to help. Hmm. I wouldn't be overly DHT-led if you're naturally very, very lean. If you're a bit softer naturally, then I'd be looking more at possibly testing the, Mast or test Decker and Mast or test MPP and Mast or something like that. All right. How about this one? Um, question for next time. 
Ever heard of trend causing heartburn slash indigestion? Yep. Absolutely. How would you how would you deal with that, Dave? For me, I would think I wouldn't a little take less. trend. Yeah. I mean, that that is the simple answer. If trend's not working for you, don't fucking use it. Or or where's your dosing at? You know, there's a I think a lot of times we have room to go down and still get an effect from trend. So if he's using yeah, like a hundred every other day of trend A's, what if he went down to fifty? See if that improves. People seem to have this obsession that they have to use trend and it has to be done and it's like, does it bollocks? If you don't cope well with it, don't use it. You'll get more out of another compound that allows you to eat correctly than you will out of something that's fucking up your ability to eat because of acid reflux. Yeah. Yeah, it's notorious. Notorious for acid mm. reflux. I mean, you can help with, with stuff like Celavi, the old kefir. But... Uh, Otherwise, you know, it's just if it's giving you grief, don't do it. Simple as. Andrew says, Dave, imagine a brand new lockdown while Scott is in the country. New roommate. Looking forward to the crappy Wi-Fi. (laughs) You leave my shitty Wi-Fi alone. (laughs) What? What if that happens, Dave? And I had to stay with you for like the next three months. Ban him from the show for dissing the Wi-Fi. <laughs> I get new Wi-Fi soon, so yeah. And, and even when I do and I'm crystal clear, you're not going to be able to watch it. <laughs> Question for the next show. Uh, why does T3 make you so flat? Why does it make you look flat? You know, I actually don't know. Well, it's speeding up your metabolism. It's burning through everything. Yeah, but, is, I mean, do you just hold less glycogen because you're on T3? I think so, yeah. I mean, you, you're, you're increasing your metabolism. You're burning through stuff yeah. faster. Um, and and I, I do know this can be an issue, but I, I think it's also really dose-dependent. But, yeah, I mean, you put somebody, say you go from so, 0 to 75 micrograms of T3, uh, yeah, you're going to get flat. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, as well, you generally use T3 in a deficit. So if you use the, the old idea of a deficit is you lower glycogen levels, so your body has to use your fat restores. So fat restores? That didn't even make fucking sense. Fat stores. I apologize. Um, so, you know, but if there's an – I don't know if T3 – I mean, for argument's sake, if you took free free and ate shitloads, I don't yeah. think you would get fat. I don't think you would get flat. I, I, I think that the flatness is more from the environment rather from just T3 on its own. Yeah. You use you use T3 so that you use more calories because your metabolic rate increases. You use T3 in a cut because you want to extend the calorie deficit and therefore lose fat quicker. If you're in a cut and in a deficit, you're going to be flat because you're not going to hold glycogen in the muscle because you want your glycogen levels depleted, so you burn fat. Yeah, it can be mitigated to an extent by dosing, number one. Number two is nutrition. You can, and, and then also too, I'll say that that's one good place for growth hormone in a contest prep is because it does help to give you more fullness that fights that, <coughs> the, yeah. uh, the, the, you know, the flatness that you get from T3. GH is really good for that, actually. I agree with that one. Also, too, um, you know, and I see this a lot, especially this time of year now that it's getting warmer out. People who tell me, you know, I don't know why, you know, we maybe we haven't even changed anything with their diet clients, that is. 
and they say, I, you know what, I don't know why, but I, I couldn't get a good pump this week. And you're also, with that flatness, when you get flat, you can still get a better pump by making sure that you're getting more fluid and making sure that you keep your sodiums, sodium levels up high, especially pre-training. You get a good amount. I don't care how many carbs you have. Uh, you could still get a pump with enough fluid and sodium in your body. I mean, there's a limit, but... Yep. You know, those things play a role. You can drive fluid into the muscle through glycogen, but you can drive fluid into the muscle through salts and um, and um, sugars as well, actually, to a small degree, as in, you know, fast-acting sugars, not as in loads of glycogen to store. Um, but, yeah, you know, salts and water will, will still go into the muscle in the absence of glycogen to an extent, but there will be a point where it just won't compensate to the same level. Yeah, and you can do overdo it, too, with the salt. Because you can get to the point where... As you up the salt, you need to up the water, um, and if you to, to continue flushing it enough, and if you don't, then it, it becomes a mess, and you don't look good. What's this? Question for the next episode. Um, seeing as you can inject sub-Q, if you messed up on an IM injection and did not go deep enough, but still injected into fat, would it actually matter? My concern there, Dave, would be if you just inject it into the surface of the muscle, I think you'll get more problems, right? Right. So from what he's saying, that would say I didn't didn't inject into muscle, I just injected into fat, which means you've done a sub-Q injection effectively anyway. But the other argument is how fucking fat are you if you can shove a fucking <laughs> needle in and, and not get to the muscle? Or how small a fucking needle are you using? Yeah. Um, if if you inject close to the surface of the muscle, you do increase the risk of, of issues, um, lumps, deposits, uh, not really abscesses from a point of view of of infection, but you can get sterile abscesses as well because it's too close to the surface. So Absolutely. it doesn't dissipate into the muscle as well. Hence why you try and go deep. Yeah. Uh, got anything else in here? Let's see. Anything we... Oh, we did get a question. Somebody said... Uh, they asked me <clears throat> about uh, the Clen that I was using post-COVID to try to help me breathe. Um, and, he, and he had said, um, you know, what are you doing? If you're, if you're running this... I can't remember the wording of it. I didn't get a screen cap of it. But he said, you know, you're running this at a low dose, 25 or 20 micrograms long term. Doesn't Clen, you know, need to be increased? So... Um, I'll, I'll just share my experience was I ran 25 micrograms for about two months and then I took a break off of it. And, uh, then when I came back to it, I ran it for probably about two months and then I increased it to 40 micrograms for a little while. Um, and, and I still did get the bronchiodilating effects all through that process. Uh, it still worked for me and, and, you know, we've talked about it before, Dave, you know, that, you, you know, Clen does continue working. It might not be as strong, you know, down the road, but it, it doesn't like stop working altogether. I think one of the issues around Clen is that people judge Clen on its side effects. So they Absolutely. assume that if they're not getting the shakes and this, that, and the other, that it's not working. And that's quite simply not the case. In fact, if you are continually suffering with side effects from Clen, I would be more bothered by the fact that the side effects have not subsided. Yeah. Because if you dose it correctly and pyramid it correctly, the, sub the side effects should subside. You shouldn't, unless you're using stupidly high levels. Um, so you cannot judge the efficiency of a drug based on side effects. Yeah. 
or what we class as side effects. They're actually just effects, but we class them as side effects. I made a huge miscalculation once, Dave. Contest prep. I was getting close, and um, I was taking, I believe it was 100 micrograms of Clen. And then I got some new tablets. Uh, the tablets I had were 20 micrograms. The new tablets were 40 micrograms. And I, I took about 160 to 200 micrograms of Clen for a few days. I bet that was fun. It dropped my blood pressure tremendously. <laughs> I couldn't figure it out for a few days. I just thought the prep... For you. Thought you contracted epilepsy. <laughs> I thought that uh, I thought that um, I was just getting weak because I was really dieting hard too. So you can imagine I wasn't really with it. I mean, I'm I was very low. Like my, I've always been able to my thing. I've been able to do is get really really lean in a contest, and but it doesn't mean I don't have to suffer to do that. And I was very very lean. And I remembered taking my clen and having to go do my AM fasted cardio for an hour. And just like stopping in the hallway and sitting on the floor, just because I felt too weak. I was like, oh man, this diet's so hard. I need to sit on the floor because I'm that weak feeling right now. And then after about three or four days, I realized what I was doing. So yeah, we all make mistakes. um, Are you bringing your credit card with you? Why? Because you're taking me out for a meal. Well, I I wanted to. I was going to hopefully get to take you out for a meal, Dave. No, you take it. You are doing. But why do you say it that way? Because you're taking me, all my staff, and a few other people out for me. Oh, oh all your staff too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got the big bucks here. Sure, yeah, why not? You got the the big podcast dollars. If if you can wear that shirt, you can you can <laughs> definitely definitely. All right, I I think this is enough. I think uh, <laughs> Michelle says it's that, a that, date. That's. That shirt's enough. Fucking hell. Yeah, I thought you would like it. I thought you'd appreciate this shirt, Dave. This is uh there, there are actually a couple of gentlemen that live next door to me that will really appreciate that shirt. <laughs> I think I get where you're going with that. Um I'm I'm saying no more. <laughs> so by the time this comes out, Dave, we're already gonna have met. <coughs> uh, we're gonna have gone through our amazing uh weekend at uh the uh the expo. And, uh, yeah, it'll, it'll be Monday. This will be coming out Monday. I'll be exploring Liverpool Monday morning. Oh, so you're not coming to my Monday morning then? Fine. Fuck you, prick. I was going to come over Monday afternoon. Victoria no, sent no, Victoria no, sent your sorry. wife a, a memo Bollock, today. Bollocks. Bollocks, you. No, I'm just, you've just, that's it. No, bollocks. I'm not something you can just pick up and put down at will, Scott. I have commitment. You have to commit. (laughs) You're not using me like this. I am not just a toy. You guys hear something, a noise? I'm getting this feedback in the mic. Um, This relationship has to be committed from both ends. Guys, we appreciate you watching. We'll be back to our normal schedule, hopefully soon. I don't know what's going to happen. Like, I don't know when we're going to be able to record next, but we did want to get this one together so that you guys will uh, be able to still have a show while I'm traveling, while Dave and I are uh, out gallivanting through Merry England. There's that. Well, we are are going to do some real corny, but... Sort of typical-ish, English-y stuff. 
I'm excited, man. I'm excited. I want to I want to have um that opportunity to have like an a proper English breakfast. Uh So we we we're, we're going to take you to probably the Orkan Cafe for breakfast. Okay. Um the what? Take you to What's it called? The oil the oil can cafe. Okay. You said it kind of weird. It's like Oreo. I don't know. I can't. No, oil cafe. So it's a cafe in a, a, a vintage vehicle restoration workshop. Oh, no kidding. Um, or I'll take you to Lou's, but Lou's you have to book. It's ridiculous. It's a fucking cafe. You've got to book to get into it. Oh, fuck that. We um, and then we'll take you for fish and chips at Compos. Uh, yeah, I've never had, English, obviously, English fish and chips. I love good fish and chips, though. And then we'll take you, we're going to take you to York and we're going to try and get you in uh, to Betty's. What's, oh, is that, what's that? So Betty's is a very traditional English tea room. Um, oh. They have several throughout Yorkshire. Um, the one in Ilkley, one in Harrogate, one in York. The one in York is popular, but it's, it's, it tends to have to queue to get in and you can't pre-book. Should I, do I need to bring nice clothes for this? No, no, Betty's is where you want. I can wear this shirt. No, I, I that's got nothing. That's that, that's got nothing to do with getting to Betty's. That's just <laughs> got something to do with me hitting you with a fucking baseball bat. <laughs> this would be good. Michelle says that sounds romantic. <laughs> I'm gonna get video, uh, guys. We're gonna do a little. We're gonna do a little vlog of the whole thing. So we'll put that well, out. You, you, York's an old wall city, so there's there's quite a lot to see in York. It's quite nice, and you you get a you you get a little bit of a taste of what old England used to be like because there's um, there's a street I can't remember what it's called now. It's a cobbled street with the old houses that all lean in on each other. I was hoping to um, see that school that Harry Potter went to and uh, learn some magics while I'm there. Oh, Lauren works at Betty in. Right, Lauren, if you work at Betty's in Arrogate, can you can you get us into to York? Because I tried booking and there was no chance. They said we just had to bloody queue. We know somebody in on the inside. Look at that. Or do we have to take Nobed here to Harrogate? Because I can bring him to Harrogate. It's not too far out of the way. <laughs> Make a video with Careless, the song Careless Whisper uh, playing in the background. I don't know if we can do that. I don't know that song. I'll have to look it up to know what it is. I'm sure I do, but I have a feeling it would also get our channel demonetized. So we probably wham. do that. Oh, wham. Um, but no, Lauren, if you can sort something out for us to call in at Betty's in Harrogate, we'll, we'll do that as a detour somehow from York. I'm not quite sure how we'll work the timings out, but definitely, um, I like Betty's, Betty's I do like Betty's. It's, 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 it's decent. That'd be cool. And then we get a chance to meet one of our uh, listeners, too, Lauren. Yeah. She has blue hair. I didn't think you guys had blue hair in, in the UK, Dave. We have electricity as well, Scott, and out inside toilets. I didn't know about any of that. I thought you guys had wagons and stuff. Right. Ban Lauren from the show. What's the point in having an inside person if they can't be inside? Oh, Lauren can't book us in? No, I know. Slack. Mm. Oh. oh, Lauren, you've let us down. I'm disappointed. She has, she has cool hair anyway. There's that. <laughs> yep, George Michael, wham. Careless Whisper. Yep. Yep. Do you know that song, Dave? He'd like that shirt as well. <laughs> All right. We're gone way beyond what we were going to do. Uh, like I said, guys, I'm not 100% sure 
when the next show is going to come out. But, uh, you know, we're going to do our best and we will be back on track as soon as I get home. Dave? Let's go. All our programming is brought to you by Eval bloodanalysis.com go out to uh, eval and get your lab work done by dave get a free pizza if he's not there at your house with his pizza and doing your lab work within 30 minutes your lab work is absolutely free and you get a coupon for another free pizza next time uh we're also brought to you we've got we've got a new flavor of pizza do you yeah trembolone and and master master on pecone cheese nice and we're also brought to you of course by truenutrition.com use our code think for everybody in america uh, I'm, I'm actually, I got a, uh, some of their team skip marshmallow treat flavor and it is pretty dang good. Uh, and I bought Victoria, some of the, uh, marshmallow treat pea protein, which she enjoys mixing with chocolate, little heads up on the flavors. Uh, and of course, check out supplementsource.ca. Oh, and I have to give a huge shout out to our Patreon people because I was able to buy a couple things that I needed. Uh, you guys paid for this light, which we needed a light and I was able to buy two batteries and this card which will be used, actually not this card, but a card just like this, um, which will be used to uh, record the trip and turn it into a little vlog. Did you Did you remember to get my drugs? Your drugs? What drugs? Yeah. I got some supplements for you. Yeah, that's it, my drugs, yeah. Victoria ordered you some stuff. Thank you. I shall be bringing that along. All legal stuff, not, guys. It's not actually for me, to be honest. It's for somebody else, but... Uh... For those that are wondering, it's melatonin. <laughs> I can't believe you guys can't get melatonin there. All right. We're out of here, guys. We'll see you soon. Bye.